welcome to another episode of We, Us, and Ours. We are so excited that you are here with us today because we have a topic today um, that has caused me a lot of pain in life and hopefully by me sharing these tips and or stories will save you from ever having to experience this yourself. And if you are curious, today we are talking about my top five worst travel mistakes and the stories that go with them. It is your host Charlotte from Chicago here and as most of you know I am essentially a professional traveler both in my own personal space but recently launched a business that's in the travel sphere. So all in all travel is my thing and yet I have made some terrible terrible travel mistakes over the years. And I am hoping that by sharing these stories with you today, that you will learn from my mistakes and you will never have to encounter this for yourself. So we're going to start off with number one, and that is the dreaded overpacking. You know, there, there's, there's a difference between overpacking and just having a slightly heavy bag and you don't wear half the outfits, you know, that I'm still guilty of. No harm, no foul. But I have put myself in some very bad overpacking situations. Um, when I was 19 years old, I studied abroad in Paris, and it was only my third time as an, I'm trying to think, I really hadn't gone on a lot of international trips by myself at that point when I was flying over there. It might have only been my second time without traveling with my dad or with my family. And I overpacked. And I overpacked to the point that my suitcase was so heavy that the airline said, no, we will not take this. This is too heavy. And my aunt was the one that dropped me off at the airport. And she's yelling, what did you put in here? And I was like, I don't know. How do you pack for six months for a country that you've never been to? So, uh, yeah. Learned that the hard way because a standard checked bag across the globe is either 50 US pounds max or 23 kilograms. It's pretty standard across the across the globe that that is the weight. That is the max. But there's always the option that airlines will love to charge you is an overweight baggage fee, which is annoying, but whatever, it is what it is. But did you know that there is a limit to how heavy it can be, even as an overweight bag. Uh, and that is 75 pounds for most airlines. And my bag was like 80 pounds. <laughs> so even the the agent was like, what is, how is this bag so heavy? I was, and I just honestly was like, I don't know. I was bringing everything that I need for six months of life and ended up having to leave a lot of stuff with my aunt or throw some stuff out and be like, oops, sorry. But there, for 
for smaller trips or trips that you may be overpacking or if you don't, this is one thing that I've started doing is that I've started weighing my bag before getting to going to the airport. I bought a little scale and it cost me just a few dollars. I think I got it at Marshall's and it has saved me a lot of time and money because I'm able to move things around when I'm at home to see and make sure that I am under the 50 pound weight limit for my checked bags. But there have been certain occasions where I haven't had the scale with me or I bought something, whatever. There have been a lot of circumstances that I've had to shift things around. And in particular, this happened once in the Philippines. And I came back to the U.S. with one suitcase less than what I had gone to the Philippines with. So I was playing tetris of just jumbling things around trying to get things to fit and it was overweight and that is when i picked up this skill or not skill i'd say tip is that i have now every trip since i have started traveling with a reusable bag and some of them have been bigger or smaller than others but it is a bag that i can take some stuff out of my checked bag and put that in and use it as a carry-on. So with that, I always use packing cubes. Packing cubes are an absolute godsend and it has helped me stay organized. It helps me keep my clean versus dirty clothes separated. And for instances like this, I was able to take out a few packing cubes and Put them into a reusable bag and just take that instead but actually with with my trip to the Philippines in that specific instance I already had two carry-ons so I needed to check something else and because of all my electronics I couldn't check what I'd already had so I ended up taking saran wrap from one of those stands at international airports a lot of international airports will offer it is that you can wrap your bag so that it won't get damaged. I did that to the reusable bag and I just said a little prayer as I paid for this bag hoping that it would make it back to the U.S. in one piece knowing that so many of my clothes, most of the clothes that I owned and wore on a regular basis were now in packing cubes in a $2 reusable bag that I got from Michael's Craft Store wrapped in an absurd amount of saran wrap. You know, that took a lot, a lot of trust, but thankfully we made it back. It landed back at JFK. I've never been so happy to see a bag in my entire life, but it has taught me many valuable lessons in not overpacking or if you are someone that's still historically overpacks like I do no matter how many times I've learned I still will overpack is that you have a backup plan on how to handle it so think about getting a reusable bag or two throwing it in your checked bag or in your backpack and look into packing cubes if you're not on team packing cube yet you should be so number two in my top five worst travel mistakes this is something that I'm almost embarrassed to say as someone who is a professional in the travel sphere. 
but there have been times, and there was a time recently, that I have either booked a plane ticket out of the wrong airport or shown up at the wrong airport instead. So that happens when you're flying out of big airport or big cities, big hubs, where they have multiple airports. And so, for example, I live in Washington, D.C. There are three airports. If you go on to any search engine and you just type Washington, D.C., three airports will come up. And that is DCA, Reagan Airport, Dulles, IAD, and Baltimore, BWI. Those are all considered Washington airports. But Dulles and uh, DCA, Reagan, are both technically in Virginia. So I had a flight recently, and I thought that it was flying out of Reagan, which is five minutes from my house, and I show up, and I'm checking in my flight, and the kiosk says, uh, your flight is out of Dulles. I'm thinking, what? What do you mean my flight's out of Dulles? And apparently, there were two flights leaving within five minutes of each other, both from Washington, D.C., going to Chicago on United, arriving within a few minutes of each other. And it just, it was just a crazy, crazy span of events. And I naturally did not make my flight. I ended up just moving it until the following day because I was not going to make it if I booked it over to Dulles at that point. So, Another thing to do when you're booking flights is double checking for sure what air or what airport you are flying in and out of because Chicago has two airports. You have O'Hare and Midway, vastly different airports in vastly different parts of the city. With DC, with New York, you have Newark and New Jersey, you have LaGuardia, and you have JFK. Those are big mix-ups and I know I'm not the only person that has done this, and I am a very experienced traveler. And even when I booked my flight, it said, oh, your trip out of Washington. So I just assumed that it was DCA, like I had thought it was, and not Dulles. So, if you were flying out of a big city with multiple airports, always make sure, check the airport code, and before you go, make sure that you're going to the right airport because that is not not a fun thing to start off a trip when you realize, oh, I am the exact opposite of where I need to be right now. Number three, taking a midnight flight or picking an absurdly late night flight to save money. This, I am someone that is still in the budgeting travel stage of my life and so I'm always looking for ways to save money to be smart about things and say okay well you know how am I how am I going to make this trip happen so a lot of times you're looking for ways to cut corners and that often comes in looking for cheap flights cheap flights are often the times that shockingly no one would like to fly so first flight of the morning 
or very, very late night flights. And I, I had decided that I was going to be taking this late night flight because it was cheap. I was flying from Manila, which is the capital of the Philippines, to Sydney, Australia. And I was going to be in Sydney for a day and then head to Brisbane. So my flight was at midnight, pretty much midnight on the dot. And so I got very flustered and I showed up to the airport and tried to check in. The kiosk wouldn't work and the woman's trying to figure out what's wrong. And she goes, oh, your flight is the flight tomorrow at midnight. Thinking, what? What do you, what do you mean? And so it was because my flight was going to be boarding at 11.30 p.m. the day that had chill that was just about to start I was very I don't know it was a weird mix of things but regardless I was now stuck in Manila I had no more load on my Filipino sim card I had no Filipino pesos because I was planning on leaving the country right then and I was now going to miss my flight from Sydney to Brisbane the next day and what was even worse was that at the time there was a man that worked at the airport in the Philippines that kept trying to see me when I was ever in town. And I'm like, lovingly, no, sir. And I ended up posting something on my Facebook about how I was an idiot and I showed up 24 hours early for my flight and now I was stuck in Manila. That old chestnut. This man called me 37 times. And I'm thinking, dude, if I, if I didn't pick up after time number five, what makes you think that I'm going to pick up at time number 37? And so finally, I just messaged him being like, I'm safe, I'm fine, kind of leave me alone. And he said, oh, I'm glad you're safe. Do you want me to come pick you up? We can go get dinner. And I'm like, sir, the, the audacity. Again, if I did not pick up my 37 phone calls from you, what makes you think that I would like to go grab food with you at at this time? It's now 1.30 in the morning. No, no, no. So thankfully I was able to get a flight or I was able to stick with my flight. I honestly would always rather show up 24 hours early than 24 hours late and miss my flight. But I was able to get a hotel and I just hung out in the city and did pretty much nothing until my flight the next day. And I, for only about $100, was able to change my flight from Sydney to Brisbane. But I learned very much the hard way that booking flights that are at midnight or very late at night flights, when things go wrong, you don't really have a lot of options. And the money that I saved by picking a late night flight like that, I ended up spending way more than to fix the problem that I had created. So sometimes... Even being as the budget traveler that myself and many people my age are, just spend a little bit more money and do a flight that's at a reasonable hour. And I had that instance happen in Finland too. I had a flight from Paris to Helsinki, Finland, and I landed at midnight. And I was then taking public transportation to my hostel at midnight and... Thankfully, it was the summer, so it had only just gotten dark because that's practically the midnight sun. But when you're wandering around a city 
that you have never been in a country that you had never been to before where you don't speak the language and you're walking around with a 50 pound backpack on when it's very dark out you look like a target and I as a young woman was like you know this probably wasn't the smartest decision that I have ever made so again your safety is always worth that extra money so unless you're in a group of people it might not be the best decision to take the late night flights if you're gonna save a little bit of money. Number four, this one, oh my goodness, I cringed just, just thinking about this one. But of my top five worst travel mistakes, getting sunburned in a destination is up there. And many of you have seen this photo but the worst sunburn I got in my entire life, my entire life was in Boracay, which is an island in the Philippines. It is absolutely horrific, that sunburn. Horrific. And it ended up ruining a few days of my travel afterwards because I could not be in direct sunlight because I thought I was going to die if I was in the sun for any more prolonged period of time. So when you are going to a destination that is tropical or somewhere that's just, you're really not familiar with, your body's not familiar with, make sure to apply sunscreen all the time. I, I did apply sunscreen, I reapplied sunscreen, but the tropical Filipino sun in February, I might add, middle of the month February I got the worst burn I've ever gotten and this happened to me also in Vietnam I got a horrific sunburn well uh, snorkeling and a lot of my travel is solo so when you are in in pain because you have a huge sunburn on your back and you can't reach it you're about to become very close with a stranger that you are going to ask to rub aloe on your back. <laughs> and uh, that happened at a hostel in Vietnam, and it was a random worker there. She walked into the bathroom, saw me struggling, and then just said, oh, I've got it, and starts rubbing an aloe on my back. And I'm thinking, wow, this is very intimate and okay, uh, but thank you, I really needed this. And then, bless her heart, my friend Bree, she for 10 days in the Philippines, put sunscreen or put aloe on my back and this was this was gnarly and I am forever in debt to Brie for this because I genuinely would have died if she had not done that I was having trouble sleeping sometimes because I just couldn't lay on the sunburn so do yourself a favor don't get burned and ruin a trip and always wear sunscreen. And with that, when you're going to tropical destinations, make sure you're wearing reef safe sunscreen. That is a big asterisk, also important note. But nothing is worse than getting sunburned and then being miserable for the rest of your trip wherever you are. And number five on the top five worst travel mistakes I have made is budgeting in properly for the trip or destination that you are going to and I'm not saying that in the way of 
oops, I spent so much money in a place that I didn't mean to, which honestly, that has happened too. That happens to the best of us. But budgeting wrong for what you are trying to do is the bigger mistake that I made here. And so the example that I'll give you, Bali, Indonesia. Bali is a bucket list destination for many, many people. It is beautiful. The people are nice. The conversion of US dollar is very good. So it is a very affordable place for people coming from the US, Australia, New Zealand, and so on. But there are so many different kind of people that Bali attracts. You have the digital nomads, you have the backpackers, you have the couples, you have families, and you're going to have to budget differently depending on what stage of life you're in or depending on what you want to do. And that's totally fine. But I'm very upfront with people and I tell people this all the time that I spent eight days in Bali and I did Bali wrong. I absolutely did Bali wrong. And I know that and I would like to go back to be able to fix it now that I know what I know. And I'm sharing this with you so that you guys will not make the same mistake that I did. But like I said, Indonesia in general is very affordable for people that are coming from more Western cultures usually. And for me, I had visited Bali during my trip around the world. And since I was doing a full loop around the world, by the time that I had gotten down to Bali and Australia and New Zealand, that was the last leg of my trip. So I was, this was actually my first time below the equator. But I had been traveling for two months at this point. I was bouncing around from hostel to hostel, from friend's couch to wherever. And I was trying to be as budget conscious as I could. And so I'm getting the cheapest hostels that I can. I've shared rooms with like lots of people and I said, you know what? I found this great deal on a hotel in Bali. I'm gonna splurge for $50 a night. I'm going to get this nice hotel room. It had a huge bathtub and shower. It was a king size bed with lights underneath. It was a four star hotel. It was beautiful. It was in a great area. And I got it for $50 a night. And I said, okay, well, I'll do two nights there, two nights in this city, two nights in this city, two nights in that city. So eight nights in total. And I was just planning on booking my accommodation a little bit before. I didn't have that all planned out. So I'd only had the first two days planned. And then I would just ask the locals where I should go next and plan from there. So I spent $100 for the two nights at this hotel. And though it was beautiful, I got super duper lonely because I had just been in Thailand for a few days before and I didn't have a good time in Thailand. And that is for another story, but that is one of those countries just from my experience that I don't know if I would ever go back or I would ever want to go back. But I just been through a little bit of a rough time in Thailand 
and now I was looking forward to Bali and I was in this hotel and man was I lonely because the kind of people that are staying at a nice hotel are not often solo travelers. They're couples or they are families and I am neither of those things. And the huge extrovert that I am, I was getting antsy. I'm like, ugh, Thailand, I already was a little bit sad and lonely. And now here in Bali, I am sad and lonely. So I enjoyed, I enjoyed the nice time there. It was beautiful, but I then overcompensated. And I, for the next place that I was staying, I decided that I was going to stay in a hostel and it was a $7 a night hostel. I said, oh, I can't beat that. $7 a night? Yeah, it was a room, just one long room of bunk beds and it was 20 bunk beds in that one room, 10 on each side. I'm like, yes, this is why this cost me $7 a night because there are 20 people in this one room and I was woken up in the middle of the night by some people doing adult activities in the bunk above me and oh my gosh I cringe just thinking back to that horrible horrible and so after two nights in this seven dollar a night hostel I said get me out of here I cannot do this so I was balancing between okay well getting a cheap but nice hotel by myself and being super lonely to being a cheap, huge hostel with lots of people around and just suffocating around people. So I have figured out that my sweet spot when I'm backpacking, especially by myself, is staying in a hostel that has four to six people in a room, maybe eight at max because depending on what hostels you stay in, there's different size rooms with different amounts of people. You can have uh, just one gender, you could have um, uh, just an open room with anyone in, and part of traveling is just figuring out what works best for you, what you prefer, but I can guarantee you that I will never be staying in a 20 person room ever again if I can avoid it. Ever, ever, it was terrible. But I learned, I learned a very valuable lesson about just being intentional about my budget and planning for the things, knowing what I want. And even though the, the $7 a night hostel with 20 people in it was terrible, I made a couple of cool friends there that I'm still in touch with or still connected with on Instagram to this day. And I still think about that nice big bathtub of that first hotel that I stayed in. And I know that when I go back to Bali, I will have a such, such a different experience because of the lessons that I learned. And, you know, when you, when you get sad when you're traveling, because there's, I think it's funny, there's that SNL skit of, Adam Sandler talking about traveling he's like well you're sad at home you're gonna be sad traveling which is funny but also true and so for me I have learned that as an extrovert I recharge being around other people so 
for me to be spending a lot of time alone traveling is not something that recharges me or is great for my spirit. And I ended up just befriending a newlywed couple when I was in Bali that night when I had gone out to dinner at my hotel because I just, I needed conversation. And I ended up sparking up the conversation with the couple sitting next to me. They were on their honeymoon. They were from South Africa and they recently moved to New Zealand and they just had a baby. We are friends on Facebook still, very happy for them. But it's just, it's one of those things too that even if you can find yourself in a funk while you're traveling, there's no rules to how you can get yourself out of that funk. Do what you need to do. And for me, that was I needed genuine conversation. And so I befriended a couple on their honeymoon. And you know what? A story came out of it. It's not the, not the end of the world. But I really hope that you take this to heart about planning and budgeting a little bit for what kind of travel you want to do to make sure that you don't end up being sad and lonely or stuck in a really bad situation to save yourself a few bucks. And that is one of the biggest common themes in my top five worst travel mistakes is there are ways to cut corners and save money, but it is never, it's not worth your safety and it's not worth your mental health if it's not going to be a catastrophically different price. You know, if we're talking thousands of dollars, even hundreds, you know, maybe we'll reconsider. But for the little bit of price difference, make sure that you are taking care of yourself, your safety, your mental health, your spirit, your soul. And it's, it all comes with time. Be nice to yourself that no matter how advanced or professional of a traveler you are, you can still make mistakes. I, I still make them all the time. I am doing some traveling coming up later this month and haven't been doing this kind of travel in a while and a little nervous, a little excited, but I will, I'm getting back to my pre-pandemic level of travel. So I will keep you all updated on that. Please let me know if any of this resonates with you or if what you learned, what was your biggest takeaway from this. And I hope you get a good laugh out of it, but also learn to never make these mistakes yourself. So in summary, wear the sunscreen, take a little bit earlier of flight and don't stay in $20 or 20 person hostels in Bali or really anywhere. But thank you so much for joining us today. We will see you here together again soon.